Welcome back to Beyond, Beyond the Void. Void Horror Podcast. That's right. It's episode 272. And today we're going to be talking about two 80s movies. Go figure. <laughs> of Deadly Friend by Wes Craven from 1986. And Blue Monkey, a.k.a. Insect from 1987. Yeah, it's also got another name that we'll talk about here. I thought it was really funny. Oh, great. Yeah, the UK delivered. But yeah, guys, so uh, it's a brand new episode. Woo! Woo. Woo. <laughs> we got new uh, YouTube videos. We got uh, a couple people rated our stuff on Spotify. Thank you for that. that oh, means, that's nice. Yeah, you guys are fucking awesome. I love you for that. Thank Wait, you. do they rate us well? I don't know. <laughs> I can't really tell. Oh, okay. There's no way Spotify is not that <laughs> advanced, you know, so. Oh, whatever. Appreciated. Yes, thank you for doing that. Thank you for writing us. Thank you for suggesting it. And, uh, yeah, thank you for being a part of this fucking podcast because it's a lot of extra effort that we don't have to do that doesn't really give us anything for it Why other than just genuine interest in the things that we talk about why are you working so and and, hard? and because you guys listen it makes it so much better i mean obviously i mean i wouldn't want to fart into a mic and then listen back to it so i'm glad you guys are listening <laughs> so but this is gonna be the year god damn it this is when we go super deluxe Take good luck with that. <laughs> Why are you working so? God damn it, Christina. Uh, she's got TikTok fucking brain. <laughs> Get away from TikTok. It rocks your brain. <laughs> Anyway, so this week we're we've been pretty cool about stuff. I don't know. We've been chilling. Uh, Christina was sick right before we did this episode, so we're recording it a little bit late. So I didn't get the stream today. My aunt's in town. That's why. Oh, I don't want to hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was a real bitch when she came on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, so <clears throat> yeah, I don't even know how to juxtaposition into something else from there, Christina. Thanks. Um, I'm drinking. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> You're drinking. <laughs> no, but I'm, and I don't know. It's just been nice. Been kind of watching some stuff that I don't normally get to watch, and uh, playing some Elden Ring, and playing some, you know, just some games and shit. Like I've been playing that Elden Ring game, which is just fucking intense as fuck. There's streamers that have just quit. <laughs> Oh, because of that game? Yeah, it's it's one of those games where it really tests your mental and, like, you'll be, it's just hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not impossible. Anybody can beat it, like, literally. Mm-hmm. It just takes time. You just got to practice and practice and practice, and it's crazy like that. And we got a new game coming out after my birthday, which is in about a month. 
by the way, to everybody. April, April 7th. I'm not interested. <laughs> Thanks. You're, you're the only person that will, so that's good to hear. <laughs> I'm going to kick her in her head on her birthday, so that's fine. She'll wake up to a foot in her mouth. Same thing, like every other day. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing good, though. That's good to hear. Uh, no. Sure. No, but we got Evil Dead coming out, which I'm really excited about playing. Oh, the game? Yeah, it's coming out in see, January, February, March, April, May. The end okay. of May. It's going to be like that Friday the 13th style game, but you can play all the different Ashes. You can play all the different characters from all the Ash, the TV show, and the, the movies. Oh, so you can be the puppet shit? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I, maybe they'll have something like that, but I know that they have, like, if you pre-order it, you get, like, S-Smart Ash, and then you get the Boomstick Ash, like, from the fucking Army of Darkness, which I, I need to watch those movies again because it's been a little while since Patrick and I watched it. It's funny, now that I do the podcast, I don't get to watch them yearly like I used to, you know? I don't have time. Right. So, anyway, that's what I've been doing. Christina, what have you been up to? Working. So hard? Cleaning. Oh. Yeah. You're really good at it. <laughs> and the look on her face is just fucking priceless. <laughs> Uh, we joke with each other. It's an inside joke, guys. Calm the fuck down. I, I guess I could tell the story about a few months ago. I went to Goodwill and I was looking oh, through books. You there know, you go. I was with my mom, and usually I'll just grab like if there's like a music book or like an autobiography right. of, mus- or of a musician, I I grab it and I buy it. But yeah, so I I grab those and and goes to show like I didn't look it look through it or anything because I was just like you know whatever it looks like it's in good condition. So a couple months later I go you know and I, I I'm flipping through the book checking it out making sure it's in good condition and it's signed by Bono. Yeah. To whom from it's like it two, two blah blah blah. It says to Jeff Rock on Bono. Yeah. And I was like, this is fucking fake. So looked it up. It was and real. It's his signature. It was yeah, real. for real. Yeah. So that you, was that was. I was she like, showed it to oh, me, and I was like, no, that's definitely his signature. Yeah. yeah. So that way, I was, she was like, I don't know. Should we sell it? And I'm like, baby, put it up. <laughs> she doesn't care about. She's weird. Like she used to collect things, and I'm the fuck. She calls me a hoarder now because I You're collect fucking things. Hoarder. Even though she sold her whole life, and she has nothing to remember <laughs> her by. That's not true. What am I going to remember stuff? you by? You have nothing that I you got, collect I anymore. I got a box full of Batman stuff. Oh, yeah? Well, tell me one thing. You when, When's the last time you've even talked about Batman to me? Just once. Just in the last, I don't know. I know. Well, you won't ever let me watch my movies. Well, how many times you, you going to fucking watch them? You never want to watch them. Bullshit. I bring them out all the time to watch them. And you're like, eh, I That's ain't going to go in. Not fucking the Dark Knight. You never oh do. Oh, my God. Here we go. So, oh, I've been trying to watch Interstellar with this fucking hooker for like a fucking month, and she will not make that, time. That's bullshit. It's because we got to watch all these stupid ass 80s movies. Stupid <laughs> ass. Wow. You're breaking my heart over here. You're ass fine. Wipe. You'll be okay. Well, yeah. You First, you <laughs> shit on Eddie Murphy, and now you're coming in here talking like this. <laughs> Is this the uprising? <laughs> you want to t- tell me how you really feel, Christina? <laughs> anyway, guys. <laughs> I think it might be that time. Yeah, I definitely need a drink. <laughs> what time is it? Four shots! Oh. 
All right, guys. So we watched both of these movies, and I know all of you want us to fucking do one for Deadly Friend. I already had some of you guys preemptively try to strike my creativity with your fucking thoughts. <laughs> no, actually, I really appreciate it. <laughs> but I, you know, I was really thinking about doing it. Like, there's the the lady who plays Elvira, and her, she is technically the Goonies lady, you know? Anne Ramsey. Anne Ramsey, yes. She, she did the Goonies, and I always remember her from Throw Mama from the Train, for whatever reason, because it was such an absurd movie. And there was some really funny parts in it where, like, Danny DeVito, like, blows in her ear with a trumpet to try to wake her up and give her a heart attack. And, like, <laughs> so I was trying to think of a drink that would be called Throw Mama from the Train, but, like, a spin on Deadly Friend. And I was just not having it. So we we started to watch Blue Monkey, and then it hit, dawned on me that there was some kids who were in the hospital in this movie. Being and, little shit. Some leukemia kids that are messing around in the hospital that have no family, nobody to care for them, and they're just causing a ruckus. They decide to pour some NAC5 on some fucking weird-ass volcano cricket, and <laughs> that shit fucking goes... It kills everyone in the hospital, essentially, okay? Some dude got shot outside. I mean, this is these kids are fucking reckless. You know what I mean? So it dawned on me. I'm like, when we were watching it, I was like... Man, those kids, I was like, <laughs> we need to bring Mr. Yuck back because they're going to fucking kill everyone. And Christine was like, what the fuck is Mr. Yuck? Uh, no idea. And I'm from the same generation. Okay. I don't know what the fuck you're talking so about. So for you young fellers out there, young ladies and fellers, <laughs> this, this used to be the sticker that they used to put on stuff that under the kitchen sink because this was like a sort of like an urban legend thing where there was like kids drinking fucking stuff underneath Tide pods. <laughs> well, I guess it's not too far from the truth. Right. But yeah, like people would kids would get into the, you know, like into under the sink. So in order to keep kids away from it, they would put a Mr. Yuck sticker, which is like a frowny face with a tongue sticking out and a little eyes, like a smiley face, but it's all green and they called a Mr. Yuck, Y U K. So I thought, hey, why don't we just make a, a fucking Mr. Yuck fucking drink since the NAC shit was green and Mr. Yuck is green. We'll call this a Mr. Yuck. So what's in a Mr. Yuck? Well, I'm glad that you asked, Christina, because I came together with a couple of ideas that I threw together in literally 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're going to love it. <laughs> so what is in it is we have absolute Mandarin orange. We also have 99 apples, sour apples. And then sour apple pucker. Right. You're going to do a third of each, maybe a little bit more of the sour apple pucker just to keep it green because it is a little clear. You know what I mean? Why did you put the mandarin in there? That's because it'll 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 spice it up. Okay. Yeah. This is a heavy shot. This will fucking knock you to fuck out. It's like a it's like taking two shots almost. It smells like gasoline. Yeah. You don't want to light it before you drink it either. Don't do that. So, yeah. Okay. So, Mr. Yuck, don't drink things under the sinks, you fucking children. Okay, I did half. Oh, God, it burns. That's pretty good. It's strong. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, it definitely is strong. I feel like it drank something out uh, from underneath the sink. <laughs> That's kind of what it feels like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It tastes like dishwasher detergent. Mm. Nothing goes down with those Tide Pods and a Mr. Yuck. Mmm, delicious. 
So, kids, <clears throat> grandparents, if you want to show your kids where to do this, but you can go to longlidthevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section right now to do a Mr. Yuck shot. So as long as you're old enough, you can drink. Tell your grandparents to have one for you. And if you're five, watch what happens to their lives as it all falls apart into an abyss. Thank you. God bless America. And that's it for horror shots. Thank God. I don't know where I'm going with all this. I'm a little. You got me going late. I don't know what's going on here. I what me? Yeah, you you're the late. one. Who, you're the one who took a nap. I fell asleep because you were fucking making me wait. I wasn't doing shit. It's all your fault, Christina. You're, I don't feel good. I blame you, and I blame your father. I'm what? just kidding. <laughs> Anyway, guys, so we're going to go ahead and jump into our flesh and potatoes of our deadly friend from 1986 and... Blue Monkey from Christina, so you kick it off. Go ahead. Do y'all thing. After his friend is killed by her abusive father, the new kid in town attempts to save her by implanting a robotic microchip into her brain. But you know, it's just easy. Yeah, you know. I can't even put a fucking CPU on a goddamn computer, but this guy can put it on a fucking human brain. Right. Tagline, she cannot live without you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Well, literally, because he put the chip in her brain. This is directed by Wes Craven. If you didn't know, he did Nightmare on Elm Street. You don't say. He also did Scream. He also did Red Eye, Cursed, Vampire in Brooklyn. Yeah, one of his lower spots there. The, ser- <laughs> the Serpent and the Rainbow. Shockers. You know, a lot Wait, Shocker. Lot. Shocker, sorry. That's Shockers. I put an S on there. Shocker. Okay, this is based on the novel Friend by Diana Henstel, who also wrote the novels New Morning Dragon and The Other Side. Hmm. The screenplay is by Bruce Rubin, who also did Ghost from 1990, Deep Impact, and Jacob's Ladder. Not a bad uh, resume there. Right. This movie stars Matthew... Well, Deep Impact, maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This movie stars Matthew Labaluxing... Really? You're just going to throw it together like that, huh? Yep. Let me try. Let me give it a whirl here. Okay. Laborato. Okay. Uh, he plays Paul. He was on Little House on the Prairie. Uh, he was in Max Payne, and he does a bunch of voice work from for like animes and video games. Right. He's probably French-Canadian, too. Okay. Because the way you spell it is L-A-B-Y-O-R-T-E-A-U, which I believe you do the silent. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, 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 I don't know. Yeah, it's, 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 it's either French or French-Canadian, so that's the way I think of it. Anyway. Makes sense. Uh, Christy Swanson plays Sam. Mm-hmm. She is the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer from 1992. That's right, The yeah. original. She was also in Fer- Fearless Bueller. Yeah, whatever you wrote there. Ferris Buckler? <laughs> Sorry. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> Dude, where's my car? And she also played... The sister in Flowers in the, the older Attic. Sister, yeah. yeah, the older sister in Flowers from the it, Flowers in the Attic who was raped by the brother. 
They weren't raped. They were consensually doing no, it. She, she was raped by the brother. Oh, I don't it know. I thought I thought they were literally having sex with each other because they wanted to. I didn't know. No, it was like, no, I, I haven't seen the movie in forever, so I don't know. I read the book. Okay. I don't I don't remember the movie, but the I movie doesn't book. shine a light on it like that. Oh, okay. Well that's how it was in the book. Okay. All right. Michael Sherritt plays Tom was in Joe's World from nineteen seventy nine and T V one oh one. Joe's World. And M- that M T V movie, the one about the roaches. From 1979? Yeah. MTV oh, 79. Was, oh. MTV wasn't even around then. <laughs> what, what am I thinking of? Then? I, the I one, the guy with sliders? Do you remember that? Joe's apartment. Ah. Uh, Joe's apartment. It's the sequel. With the roaches. He talks to the roaches and shit. Yeah. All right. Anne Ramsey plays Elvira, the neighbor. Uh, she, uh, she was in Goonies. Her mom from the train. What a weird name to pick for her, considering it's a horror movie. I know. It just threw it me did. off. Yeah, me too. It really did. Maybe it was a little shout out, though. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a budget on this movie, but I did see opening weekend. It made $3 million. I could tell you the budget. Cause okay. Because I, I actually did the research on it. Oh, good for you. <laughs> so the, the budget was $11 million, and they made about eight point nine at the box office. Oh, okay. That's yeah. not that great. Yeah. What did you think of this movie, Alex? Well, this is this is a this is a movie that I was never like goo goo bananas over. You know, like I'd never have been like it's memorable because there's obviously a scene in the movie that is just like insane, right? But it is just fluffy, weird, like what would you call it? Um, genre cinema. You know what I mean? There's nothing like real logistical about the whole thing at all. And this is usually around the time when computers could do anything. Look at, like, Explorers, for Christ's sake. They built a bubble that went around a fucking trash can and fucking sent it to fucking, you know, 20,000 light years away from Earth. You know what I mean? Like, computers could do anything. And in this movie, the robot can literally do anything. And it has a brain. It thinks for itself. It talks. It's full-on AI. Yeah, it's full-on AI, long before we even knew what the fuck that was. <laughs> I mean, I think we scientifically came up with the name because of of science fiction. Right. Because it was impossible. Well, not anymore. But you know what I mean? Like, you have so many movies in the 80s that were like, you know, God, if you had a computer, you could fucking create a woman, you know? Like, oh, with yeah, fucking, yeah. you know, weird science or, you know? It's just like the, 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 the world was like at your fingertips, literally, at the keyboard stroke of your DOS... <laughs> DOS shell, you know, your fucking DOS operating system, which is like... <laughs> you know, I still use DOS at work. I don't know. I mean, you know it's what I mean, though. crazy. That's because you're working with, like, old fucking shit from your company. Right. They never want to update. It's like the, the government. Anyway, I don't know, but there's a lot of stuff in this movie that's ridiculous, but in a lot of ways, it just works because it's, you know, pretty lighthearted and ridiculous at the same time. And I think the f- the next film that we have has sort of the same sort of familiarity about it, too, where it's like lighthearted, but also kind of dark and fucked up with all these kills in it and shit. Like the dichotomy between like the two different tones in both of these movies really act that way. And I remember watching this when I was younger, and despite the only, you know, the, the basketball kill that everybody talks about, we're not going to talk about how it happens because you should just watch the movie. If, if nothing else, at least for that kill. Um, this time I watched it and I actually kind of enjoyed it this mu- this time a little bit more. It's it's silly still, and there's a lot of like ridiculousness to it, especially seeing you know a girl pretty much turn into a robot 
by putting a microchip in her fucking head, which makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> Nor do we have the technology, even thousands of years from now, probably. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah, it's just interesting to see this kind of crazy movie have some sort of blood. That kill is probably just so amazing that I think a lot of people remember it that way. But I had a good time with this film. I still enjoy it. It's just not one that I want to watch all the time. It's one that I'll pop on just to be like, oh, yeah, let's watch this movie. You know, there's some funny parts in it like that, like you meet a new friend and then they're you're doing all this crazy shit with your friend all of a sudden. And it just doesn't make sense. Like, why would you even put your trust into someone to do some of the stuff that happens in this movie? <laughs> they break like 50 laws like <laughs> in like one hour. You know what I mean? And like it's like close to necrophilia just about. Um, it's interesting because you can kind of tell that this movie's got such a weird kind of mixture stuff in it because behind the scenes there was a lot of like frustration and there was a lot of like complications with people wanting to put this movie in a different direction essentially this was supposed to be a love story about a man falling in love with a robot that was supposed to be a little bit on the darker side but not really does that make sense kind of uh, like the boy who could fly which we just watched meets uh, like a robot thing like daryl oh okay so yeah, like daryl you see what i'm saying yeah like, it just was, was supposed to be that kind of lighthearted thing, but then they had so many hands in the pot that it just kind of moved it all over the place, and the some of the producers were like, we gotta make it gorier. We gotta make it gorier. This is one of the movies that was gonna get an X rating because of that kill, by the way. Really? Mm-hmm. I get into it a little bit more, but it's interesting because the producers wanted to just jam-pack this fool of blood, and Wes Craven was just not into that whole concept. He really wanted to do something that was along the lines of what John Carpenter did with Starman. Oh. And so he wanted to make some sort of PG movie that didn't have blood and gore to prove to people that you can still make a good movie. And I don't know why that was a thing. Because <laughs> now we're like all screaming about making everything rated R. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a... Uh... I thought it was a fun movie to rewatch. You enjoyed it, I think, yourself. What did you think about yes, it? Yes, I did. Oh, let me, oh, my score. I think I would give it a 6.5 or a 7. Okay, me too. I'd give it a 6. Okay. I, I, I surprisingly enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought it was cute. I liked the mad scientist, or mad teenage scientist origin story thing, you know? Yeah, it's schlocky as fuck. Like, it really, it's right. not schlocky, it's just, there's no way you can take this serious. Right, and there's a lot of plot holes, you know, going on. I was kind of counting them. <laughs> you know? Really? But I did enjoy it. All the kills were really good. I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, 6 out of 10. That's it? That's all you have to say about it? Yeah. The The music was really good. It was put together really well. Like I said, there was, like, plot holes kind of all over the place but there was like no lagging in the movie what do you think about christy swanson's go, go, character go. uh well she didn't really do anything did it bother you how she acted when she was like christy swanson's acting did bother me towards the end mm -hmm. i it was it wasn't that great her makeup wasn't that great <laughs> whatever they were trying to accomplish she's really young with too. her like yeah i know she's way pre-buffy oh yeah a lot yeah like this is like not it's like because, 10 well no no buffy was in 91 yeah but she's so like really like she's just a few years like an independent woman and in, in buffy you know right, what i mean right and so seeing 
seeing it like it's the 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 two. It's kind of weird. It's kind of, both. Well, both these movies. Well, this movie's it's kind of dark. Like the whole the with the the father and the daughter. It's kind of dark. It's kind of how some some of those lighthearted movies were back in the day. Because like as we watch Daryl and we watch The Boy Who Could Fly. Right. Those were both really fucking dark fucking movies yeah, in a way. They, yeah, that Boy Who Could Fly was like really dark. I forgot. Like that's kind of like. Jesus, why was I watching this as a child? Right. Like, I, ooh, ooh. Right, right. It's too deep a, I don't know. That's, I think that's deep. what Wes was trying to do with this. I, I believe that's what he was trying to say. Because it was, I, when I was doing my research, they were talking about how he was saying that the people are more fucked up than, than the actual characters right. that were supposed to be. But they made it the other way around. Uh-huh. And they, they had that robot in the beginning, which is like this big, bulky Roomba. They call him a BB-8. Like, oh, no, it's a BB. BB. He's called BB. So yeah, this is BB-1. And BB then BB-8 is the Star Wars version mm-hmm. that we got in the, the Force Awakens. Awakens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I I enjoyed it. I would own this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'd I mean, it's it. it's not a bad movie to watch at all. No. It's just not the deepest or like most entertaining '80s movie I've seen. It's just like riding the line. Right. You know, that's why I say six point five or seven for me because it's somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, where I'm I'm like, oh, I could watch this a couple of times, you know, quite a few times. You know, it's it's a memorable one, especially for that kill that there's really only like, I think, four body count in the movie, including right. one of the characters who dies twice. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, it's yeah, there's only four body count in this movie. So it's kind of crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, But we do have some trivia on this and some interesting factoids and things that may spoil the movie for you so if you haven't seen it you can rent it for $1.99 on Amazon, YouTube or any of your digital outlets Shout Factory does have a copy of it put out I don't even know if they sell copies of it anymore but I think I I looked it up when we were searching and I think there is copies out there so if you want to get the physical copy uh, I'm sure the Shout Factory is awesome but if you don't want anything spoiled here is your warning as I was saying, like Joel Rubin, Bruce Joel Rubin's original intent for the film was it for it to be a science fiction thriller with the primary focus being on a dark love story between Paul and Samantha. Craven, of course, wanted to make something that was similar, like I said, to John's, John Carpenter's Starman. He even had Christie watch it and in preemption to, to act in that style. So he's really just trying to get that same Starman feel from this movie. Oh. And it turned into some schlocky nightmare shit. And he had a PG rating in mind so he could prove that he could make a film that was not simply just blood and guts, like I mentioned. Now, the ex- executive vice president of Warner Brothers at the time, Mark Canton, had Ruben write six additional gore scenes into his script, each bloodier than the last. Following the negative reactions from the test screenings that they had that saw Craven's first cut of the film and wanted a much more grisly product, it was re-edited in post-production, and the more graphic deaths and reshot scenes were included, making the final film appear tonally jumbled, which is kind of kind of obvious, right? Right. Because it is very lighthearted and also really fucked up. We, the version we saw, by the way, which was up on we rented, was the HD version. It is the on the final the uncut version, which apparently Australia only had before even the U.S. got it. So. But yeah, I think that's the same one that Shout Factory or Scream Factory has. But yeah, he after this, after this happened, Wes Craven was like, I'm not even interested in this fucking thing anymore. Because Samantha going on a killing spree when she is revived. 
He's much more interested in exploring the adults around her and all who seem to be monsters in human skin. In his own words, the scares don't come from her, but the ordinary people who are actually much more frightening. A father who beats a child is a terrifying figure. That's the one person you're afraid of in this movie. The idea is along the lines, which he is pretty fucking violent. Yeah. Like, he's he's almost like rapey violent. You yeah. Know, too. It's fucking gross. The idea is along the lines that adults can be horrible without being outside what society says is acceptable. He said that the film had seven or eight producers, and each of them had their own idea of what the film should be like. So you can see, like, just because you make or direct a film doesn't mean it's going to be the product that you want. Right. Especially when you're doing these big budget movies. Right. Thanks, producers. That's what happens, man. Everybody thinks they're a fucking movie maker. They're, you know, they are movie makers, technically, but the vision comes from one person, and sometimes it falls into place, and everybody has, like, collective consciousness, you know, and they just it just happens to work. Sometimes they're aiming for something completely different, and then it just works when they're not. But, yeah, you can definitely see that this has sort of mixed ideas in it. And it's not a complete film, and that's why it's a little lower, but still enjoyable. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a total waste of film, in my opinion. But I like a lot of crazy shit, so. The suburban setting of the film echoed Wes Craven's previous film, A Nightmare on Elm Street. And that was a deliberate choice by him, that he wanted it in a fucking regular neighborhood. Because, again, he wanted to push on the fact that there's, like, this evil that lurks just in the suburbs just as much as anywhere else that you would expect it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Christy Swanson was at about 16 years old at the time when she started filming this. And she said, I committed myself completely to it. And she said, even if it was like ridiculous, mm-hmm. I just went full on, full out with it. I wanted to do the best job I could possibly do. I was having the time of my life. And as for this movie itself, some people love it. Some people hate it. It is what it is. I really enjoy making Deadly Friend. At that point in my life, it was spectacular. Oh, that's nice. So, but yeah, she does look pretty weird doing some of the do Miami got do Mister. It's like she she turns into a zombie. She had to have training for that. They had a professional mime artist, Richard Shepard, taught her. Maybe they should have had a robot teacher. Well, he was teaching her robotic. Yeah, unfortunately, we didn't have a Tesla car around at the time that could teach her how to (laughs) dance. (laughs) If you want to. Um, the fake head of Elvira when she gets her head fucking exploded was decimated by the basketball was stuffed with actual cow brains. Ew. Yeah. So that had to stink like fucking shit. The production crew picked up from a butcher shop, I guess. So they just kept throwing them. They did a lot of (laughs) takes of it, by the way. Oh, wow. Wes Craven said all the films that I knew of had decapitations in them that had an R and it, and they, he sent them to the, the board, you know, and they immediately sent it back saying that they just couldn't based on what they feel in the room at the time. And they had like eight or 10 films in there, like Omen where the guy gets his head cut off with a sheet of glass and it didn't matter to them. They submitted it like 13 times to the ratings board and it came back X every time. Oh my god yeah because that scene was just so violent i know right like in Nothing. I, but at the time i guess you know i think the the <clears throat> father killing the daughter is more violent than fucking a well if i wonder if basketball exploding well because i think of the other exploding head scene and i think of scanners right and right didn't we talk about that and yeah. how they didn't have any issues with that and that passed right through yeah but that's like- canada so they're like oh gee golly that's probably nothing 
Yeah, you know, it's, it's while, obviously fake. That can't happen in real life. Down here, we got Jesus, and we just we don't like stuff like that. It makes <laughs> Jesus look bad. <laughs> anyway, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but apparently, in an earlier rough cut, Elvira's death was actually filmed to be less gorier than in the final cut. Instead of shattering her head with a basketball, Sam smashes Elvira through the front door, <laughs> leaving the upper half of her body hanging outside of the door and the lower half still inside. I mean, that's pretty oh, gory. That's it's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. that would have been a good one too, right? They should have just done both. They should have made Yeah, sweat. like when it's balking around like a fucking chicken. Yeah, and then th she throws the basketball. Yeah, dude. Uh, you know? Dude, that went on. They were going to have that go on for like 10 minutes. Yeah. That was really good. That was funny. Uh, that's what makes it great. Imagine if she like walks to the front door and then throws another basketball. Ah, there you go. Yeah. And then the head's just like spilling out gushers out of the neck. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But in the scene where Elvira's body is carried out on a gurney, there was a a big hole in her in her door that was still visible in the background. I guess. And I did notice that she had a head mm -hmm. on the gurney. I'm like, what? And then you hear some guy in the background. He's like. Jesus Christ, what happened to her head? But they're also investigating the father who had been burned Mur alive. Right, next door. Next door. Across the street or So something. it was like they were checking out both scenes, so I couldn't tell which they were talking about. So it could have very well been his body, because he got his face burned against the fucking, what was it, the fire, the furnace? Right. Which is so funny that this kid fucking straight up fucking buries his body in the coal. And we're talking like coal, like the, the shit that you see on and the fucking on those fucking coal engine fucking trains. Wait, dude. Do houses still do that? No, like, they don't, don't do shit like <laughs> that. Absolutely not. Well, I've never even had a basement. So it's, I'm like, what? Like, I don't even think houses like that had that. Oh, okay. Weird. I mean, we had oil furnaces in our house, but which is pretty weird, but coal furnaces. That's a little weird, man. I mean, it's like they're not out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> it looked like they were in like a suburb of Nevada. Dude, like... they had they had chunks of coal the size of a basketball, dude. And he's like, I'll just bury him in here. It's good they didn't have fucking CSI back then, you little fuck. <laughs> they probably find your fingerprints all over the goddamn place with the charcoal that you touched. Anyway, the the robot in the movie, the original robot in the beginning of the movie and, you know, the, it cost them about $20,000 to build. Craven used a company called Robotics 21. His eyes were constructed from two 1950s camera lenses, a garage remote control unit, and a radio antenna taken from a Corvette. So it was a real robot. I mean, much. yeah. A remote control one. BB yeah. could actually lift 7,500 pounds in weight. And the voice of BB was provided by Charles Fleischer who appeared in Wes Craven's previous film, A Nightmare on Elm Street, as a doctor. Ah, gotta keep it in the family. Yeah. Um, apparently, there was an interview that uh, Fangoria journalist Daniel Schweiger, who uh, spoke with screenwriter Bruce Joel Rubin, said that the, uh, the ending and why it stayed in the film, where they, that robot coming out of the girl's head, he said it belonged solely to Mark Canton, and you don't tell the president of Warner Brothers that his idea stinks. <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool. I, yeah, because it could have still been a dream. So it kind of leaves yeah. it a little bit in the gray area. So it, it is a little ridiculous. Like, there's no way that the robot would just grow under her skin. But it looked cool. You don't know. It still you don't look, know. <laughs> it still looked cool. It's not logical. Right. It looks cool, though. But right. it's uh, how many movies have we seen where they had that dream ending? 
Yeah, exactly. It's like Carrie. We got fucking Nightmare on Elm Street ones all the time. We got fucking like, I, I, there's so many movies. Right. So I don't know if you noticed on the, in the background, they were talking about somebody like the girl was like, had blood all over her or something like that. And he was like, how do you, you have blood on you. So how do you say that you didn't do anything? How did the blood get on you or something like that? Uh-huh. It's from the movie, The Bad Seed. Oh, okay. <clears throat> which is an old 56 movie Okay. that you can probably watch anywhere for free. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I was thinking about that when we were watching the movie. I was like, what is that from? So I looked it up. Um, <clears throat> the robot from Short Circuit was also recycled to use for the robot in this movie as well, by the way. Forgot to mention. Oh, I kind of figured because it kind of was shaped the same, but like smaller. Yeah. When they, plus they had the round body on it and everything like that and it had the same tracks on the bottom. Right. Right. That's what I, yeah, that's what I'm talking did, about. I mean, obviously BB was like silly and quirky too. I don't know why they made him like that. It's just like big and bulky. Like, I don't know. It's, it's just not... trying to make him look friendly, I guess. You know what those look like? They look like the the automatic floor washers at Walmart now that they have. You know what I'm talking about? I thought he looked like Mr. Clocksworth or whatever from the Return to Oz. Oh, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Isn't that what he, like the, the Tin Man that guy? That looks like BB-8. Yeah. Yeah, that could be a BB-8. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it kind of looked like that, so yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> but yeah, that's pretty much it for the, uh, there's plenty of other trivia that I could have gone over, but yeah, and that's pretty much it. You want to talk about some of your favorite scenes? I mean, obviously, the basketball scene is going to be the number one scene of the movie, without a doubt. Um, right. Is there anything else that happened in the movie that you were, like, kind of liked or did not like, maybe? The drunk dad, the rapey drunk dad thing was kind of unsettling and kind of reminded me of, uh, what was that? Yeah, what? yeah, and there was this weird scene in, like, the middle where, like, the dad comes and gets her from the, the house that kids the neighbor's house right they're like her back, oh because he was uh, up in the bedroom with her yeah and then he comes in her room and he's being all creepy and shit and then she takes like this vase thing and like stabs him in the chest oh it's a dream Remember? sequence yeah yeah and then blood starts going all over the place and you're like yeah get him and then it has to be a fucking dream which is bullshit right but that was cut in the original oh okay so the, no. you don't see the blood well, squirting I see on why her. They should have left it out because it kind of, I think it just kind of, I liked the kill, but it kind of ruined the flow of the movie, especially since he ends up like pushing her down the stairs and killing her. Well, I mean, he wrote it in last minute. So yeah, obviously. Yeah, I I'm, I see why it's cut out though. And see why it's also a dream sequence too. Yeah. <laughs> because how else she's supposed to die? <clears throat> uh, man, the most annoying thing is having a dream sequence. The, I know, the, right in the middle of the fucking dude, movie. If you guys always notice that, like, when you watch trailers, okay, and the movie isn't good enough, and then they add in a dream sequence like that, I really feel like it's like a, it's like an afterthought. They're like, okay, this we need, we need a couple of scenes so we can put something flashy in the trailer to make people ooh think that it's bigger than it really is. Can you just put this little dream sequence in where they're like, you know, she's getting chased by zombies and they explode and shit. To make it look mm-hmm. big. And it's like, oh, yeah, we could do that. And then when you go watch the movie, it's like, oh, it was a dream sequence. Neat. Like right. every fucking Spoils time. It. They do it in the trailers. They do that shit in the trailers intentionally to make Just you suck think. you in. Yeah, that make you think that the movie's actually padded with some fucking shit. That's like going to go some places that you've never seen before. And they Bullshit. typically do that. Like I've seen it in so many fucking trailers. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That dream sequence is always in that trailer. This is a Halloween film too, by the way. We've we realized. Well, it had a Halloween section in it. Where yeah, it was Halloween night. I'm just saying, like, if you wanted to watch it on Halloween, it has it in it. 
you know, so you can at least watch it. People are all dressed up in their 50s garb. Like, there was, like, low-effort fucking uh, outfits and shit like that. I love how they kind of explain the, like, chip and stuff. They show, like, an x-ray of her head, and there's, like, the CPU on top. He just places the CPU on top, and somehow these long spikes go directly into her brain. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no spikes on a CPU like that, okay? They just, it's just, it's just connected to the, the board in different places, and it distributes the power and goes through all these different parts on the board. And it's, yeah. So I am I would have loved to see something a little bit more of that. But, you know, maybe I'm just being picky. I don't even know what that is. Her dad <laughs> wanted to pull the plug on her, too, which was like. Yeah, dad was done. Yeah, he was. She gets into. What happened? What happened to her that she got? What happened? that? She, oh, she got fucking. Wait, how did she end up in the hospital? Because the dad beat her and pushed her down the stairs. That's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm Because I'm getting mixed up between the two. But yeah, later that night, they got into an argument. He pushes her down the stairs, sort of, not kind of accidentally. I don't think he did it intentionally. Right, because then he ran down the stairs and was like, get up. Why aren't you getting up? You better yeah. get up. Like, Maybe if I yell at you yeah, while you're I'm fucking gonna, in a coma, yeah, you'll get I'll up. I'll hit you. Maybe you'll get up if I start fucking hitting you, huh? <laughs> oh, that part where he, Paul drugs his mom. Dude, that was really weird. Yeah, so they had to they had to steal the car to get to the hospital so they could put the chip in the brain. Oh my god! And then he, they didn't want to take Tom's uh, Tom's dad's car, so they they get the mom to like make a pie and shit, right? And they and dump fucking like roofie in her coffee. Roofie the mom, you know? Yeah, which was one of the shots we were gonna make too. And there was a really cool part, like when they came back from the hospital, and she's still like knocked out on the couch. Dude, and, and he thought he was. She I was thought dead. she was dead. I was like, oh my god, they didn't fucking. Kill we gave her too much. We yeah, <laughs> and then he like, and then he, uh, Tom like slaps her, and she wakes up. I thought that would have been. They should have just left her dead. Dude, she probably would fall like been, shit. That would have been interesting. She wouldn't have woken up that easy. Right. There's no way she would have well, woken up know. like she would have been like with like drool out of her mouth. And like puke or something, you know, she'd feel so rotten. Have I'm, you have you ever been roofied? Yes. Yeah, I have too. It's not fun. Well, yeah, because no. we went to the same clubs. <laughs> yes, I did. I I think I um I had I remember I had like two or three shots that night. There's no way I would drink like ten shots at least. There was some asshole who would <clears> go around and like just run, fuck with people. Yeah, yeah. Just fuck with people. I remember I was laying out in the fucking I was laying out in the parking lot of the fucking bar, laying on the ground on one of those little like the curb. Like the parking spot, like cement things. Was this the time you were throwing up and I just left you? No, this is not one of those times. And please don't bring that up. I, just, <laughs> I was really mad at you. Because um, I would have never left you like that. I didn't. I had to go to the bathroom before we Yeah, left, she went in why. and danced for 20 I minutes. I did not. I did not. Anyway, I, I, I was out on this left. fucking concrete thing. We're talking about this other thing. I got roofied <clears throat> and I was sitting on the thing. And I remember sitting there talking to somebody. And then I just fell back and hit my head on the ground really hard. And people were like, are you okay? You know? And I just laid there and I was like, this is my home now. And they're like, no, you, this is not your home. You have to go home. You're in a parking lot. I'm like, fuck off. This is my, this is where I live. <laughs> Which I remember our friend, what was it? Uh, Colleen was like laughing about it. And then some like of my other friends were like wanting to take me home, but nobody knew who they were. <laughs> So they thought they were going to rape me or something like that. So they thought it was really weird. And they were like, uh, yeah, I don't think you're taking him home. You guys are all fucked up anyway. And so Colleen like avoided them. And I don't even know how I got home. Somebody gave me a ride. 
Right. And I somehow got back inside or something. I, I don't remember anything from that night. All I remember is everything right before that moment and gone. Mm-hmm. So that's crazy. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, that's about my experience, too. So we need to talk to Paul about him giving his mom roofies. Mm -hmm. This is not a kid's movie. No. We thought it was going to go places that no other mainstream movie has gone. Let's put it that way. What the fuck? Yeah, throw mama on the bed. Oh my God, stop. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, the movie ends with the girl dying and what did he do? What did they do exactly? She well, runs that, at one of the cops. That's right. Yeah, the cops finally like caught up with her. Since she all she realizes because like in the beginning she thinks she's the robot. She is the robot. Yeah, she's BB, and and so she starts having memories of BB and who BB was, and she sees a picture of the robot. She gets angry, you know. But then she realizes who she is. It was mm-hmm. like her real self started to come out, and it was like a mixture of BB and her, and she was like crying and shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know how a corpse cries, but it, it did. Right. So then the cops like. You know, they bombard her. They, they ca- you know, they capture her. And, of course, they shoot her, you know, because they're cops. Yeah, and she's, you know, like, dying in his people. arms. Yeah. Right out front. Yeah. It's like, it's poetic. And then he tried to put some roofie in her mouth. Like, <laughs> Shut up. And then you He's have, on a roll. He's on a roll. And then you have the end scene where we already talked about where her face yeah. melts off and she turns into the Terminator. It still shit. looks cool. It does. It does look cool. It I mean, like, really no cool. matter what, like, it looks fucking cool. Yeah, and I like I'll take it... that in a movie over it making sense any day. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, then end, end credits. <laughs> <laughs> so we do have another movie that we're going to talk about, and that movie is Blue Monkey. Came out in 1987. It's a Canadian film. That was known in the United Kingdom as Invasion of the Body Suckers. Suckers? Yeah, I think that's so great. Oh my god! This so I was like gonna porno. Is what I it thought about like. like if we hadn't stuck to our guns with the Mister Yuck thing, I was gonna call it some uh, you know Night of the Bot Invasion of the Body Sucker or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. but it, that was the days of the VHS, and it was probably I don't think it was one of the the exploitative films i don't think it was anyway but this is about detective jim bishop and dr rachel carson who must find a way to stop a giant monstrous insect that's eating people in her quarantine hospital before it procreates and spreads a deadly infection it's carrying they breed they hatch they kill maybe it's just a phase they're going through okay yeah it's like it sounds like a teenager you know (laughs) (laughs) anyway so this movie is directed by sandy howard if you see the credits in the beginning it's technically william fruitt he didn't want his name attached to this apparently (laughs) this is what a lot of italian directors used to do but they did it for different reasons they wanted to have a more american sounding name so that they could kind of you know so people would want to watch it more because americans were such proud people of their heritage and things, and they thought, oh, <laughs> but but with this guy, he was just like, nah, blame it on a woman, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, but yeah, I don't know why. I, I couldn't find anything on why he changed it to Sandy Howard, and I think I've seen other movies with Sandy Howard used. Mm-hmm. It's just like what are the you know like Richard Bachman, Stephen King puts his name as Richard Bachman, you know, mm-hmm. just to do something different. So if it doesn't float. People like it on their own reasons, not just because he wrote it. Right. This is a director who's also worked on The House by the Lake, 
Spasms, Killer Party. He also did like 10 episodes on the Friday the 13th TV series, which is something I, I would love to watch with you. Just like one of those a night. Right. You know, like, yeah. um, or the, the Nightmare on Elm Street series thing. I would love to do that too. Uh, he also did World of the Worlds TV show from uh, the 88 to 1990. He did about eight episodes and more. Um, this has got writers George Goldsmith, who did screenplays for The Force 5, which is that, see that picture of the fist up there from Zombie 3? Mm-hmm. I think Force 5 was an Italian film that had the same picture, oh, okay. same hand, the same right. fist. Uh, he also did The Children of the Corn screenplay and more. He also has Chris Kosaluk, who did this movie and uh, Tomorrow's Killer, and that's it. Some of the cast, we have Steve Rails back, who is back for this movie because we just watched Billy Owens from Deadly Games, but uh, he plays a detective in this movie, Detective Jim. He also was in Ed Gein, Barbed Wire, Life Force, and more. We've talked about him so recently, I feel like I don't need to go over everything. We also have Gwyneth Walsh, who plays Dr. Rachel Carson. She was the lady doctor, one of the two lady doctors in here, the one with the red hair. She was in Star Trek. The Next Generation and Generations, Crush, Stargate SG-1. She's done a ton of TV, like pretty much everything TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was even in a Masters of Horror episode, the Cigarette Burns one with John Carpenter. Uh, she did an episode in the American Horror Story, I think as a nurse or something like that in 2013. And she was on NYPD Blue. We also have Don Lake, who's a comedic actor. Jock, he plays the Dr. Jacobs, who is the em- epidemiologist. Or no, would I say epidemiologist? What was he? It was an, the bug re, the doctor. Okay, the bug doctor. What do they call those? Entomologist. Entomologist. That's what I was trying to say. I wrote epidemiologist, though, too, which is so, so funny because in my notes, which is so weird. Uh, I just, my guess when his brain was on autopilot. Anyway, he, he was a big part of the SCTV. He was Manic Mike in Short Circuit 2. He was also in Terminator 2 Judgment Day. He was Mossberg. He was also the voice of... Mr. Preston in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures animation TV show, which they liked him so much that they actually made him Mr. Preston in the live action TV show, too. Oh, Uh, he was also in Wagons East and he did the voice work in Super Dave and he's still acting in the TV show called Space Force. Oh, the one on Netflix. Yeah. So he's one of the big characters in that. We also have Helen Hughes, who plays Marwella. What a name. She was in Tommy Boy, Billy Madison, The Amityville Curse, the Canadian one. That oh, we, yeah. yeah. I think it's part four. Can't remember. Uh, she was also in King's, uh, Stephen King's Storm of the Century TV series, The Peanut Butter Solution, and more. She passed in 2005. We also have Susan Onspock, who plays Dr. Glass. She was the blonde lady doc. She started in 1965 and passed in 2018. She was in movies like Running, Space TV Series, Killer Instinct, Wild About Harry, and more. We also have John Vernon, who plays Roger, who is the head of the hospital. Mm-hmm. He was in Killer Clowns from Outer Space as the sheriff. If you remember, he was the dickhead that punches the clown on the back of the head and it turns his head around. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in Airplane 2, Animal House, Herbie Goes Bananas, Ernest Goes to Camp. Batman the Animated Series, he played the uh, Rupert Thorne voice. Oh. And uh, he also passed in 2005. We got Joe Flaherty, who plays George Baker, another comedic actor. He was in Happy Gilmore. You will not make this pot. <laughs> he was that guy yelling in the side that Shooter McGavin paid to, you know, 50 bucks. He was like, I'm going to Sizzler. You want to come with me? It's on me. <laughs> <laughs> 
He was also in Detroit Rock City. He was a huge part of SCTV. Police Academy, the series. I didn't even realize they had a Police Academy TV series. He was also in Freaks and Geeks and The King of Queens. And last but not least, we have Ivan E. Roth, who was the creature, the cricket monster. He was a knight of the comet. He was a character in that. I think he was one of the guys in the sunglasses that were in the... Oh, okay. They were had the Uzis or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was also in Dead Heat. He played the end zombie. And he also played a mummy in Tales from the Crypt. Um, this movie was made on a $3 million Canadian budget. I do not know how much it made. Christina, what are your thoughts on Blue Monkey? Well, let me tell you, I'm about half on this one. The whole I wasn't expecting the whole thing to be taking place in a hospital. I like that. So, man. Man, it dragged in the middle. It, it was does. Like really good at the beginning, kind of good at the end, but it really like just it was like cat and mouse in the middle, like the whole the sure. whole time. I didn't enjoy that. A lot of dialogue. Yeah, a lot of dialogue. Yeah, it, they're running around. A lot of obligatory it, parts it, that didn't really line up. Yeah, didn't make any sense. They didn't really show the creatures, the insects or whatever. And then like it's like bam when you see them, it's like ba bam ba bam ba bam. But I don't know. It's a fifties technique. <sighs> It was, and the creatures was like, okay, they were ants. Uh, I wouldn't call them ants. I would say they were ants. They were like cricket praying mantises that had like. They were ants. Wasp heads. Their faces were completely ants with cricket bodies. It just wasn't interesting to me. The death scenes were like, okay. Yeah. You know, nobody's head was being exploded with a basketball. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of planning going on. They're planning things. You know, the theme of the kids. There's a really the great. There's are planning things. There's some really funny dialogue in this movie. I can't wait to talk about that. I caught last night when I rewatched some of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but there's not enough action. It's like they're planning. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I don't know. It was kind of like <clears throat> disappointed in the lack of death scenes, and more people should have died. You know, I'm not sure. spoiling anything, but I think some of these kids. You know, they should have. With some of the kids, with the oh, just the pin insects. them to the wall and yeah. cut their bodies in half and suck shit. the you know <laughs> suck their blood out or whatever. Yeah. You know, would have gave their a little bit chemo of a, blood. Yeah, and then it would have killed the insects. See, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and it would have like killed the insects, and they would have been like, oh, oh, this is how. Give them the chemo. Give them radiation. The no, would have made them bigger, Christina. Oh yeah, that's true. Never mind. Think I about that. That's what made know. them in the first place. I don't know. It's all this sciencey stuff. I don't know. <laughs> You know, five out of ten, it was okay. Really? Okay. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, like, yeah, I agree with everything that you said there. I wish it had more gore and stuff, but I don't think that's a reason necessarily to mark this one wrong because they weren't really trying to make a gore film. It was a two-part thing here. Like, this is seems like somebody who was fond of the 50s who liked dudes in suits running around, like, acting like idiots, mm-hmm. you know, like, in 50s fucking horror movies, you know what I right. mean? Or, like, 60s movies or whatever. Right. And then they have like the 80s, like they're they're making this sort of movie that's old style in the 80s. And they, of course, you know, I don't know, it's got more gore and practical, obviously, from the 80s part of it. But it's done in such a way that's like a very old style that you would see from older films than it. Mm -hmm. So it's weird, like they kind of transplanted some of that style into this movie. That a lot of people may not even recognize, and maybe I'm off. I don't know. I don't know what era specifically it is, but I know it's an older style because of some of the things they did with the camera, where they're like, ah, and then right. they, and they zoom in, like, extreme close up, trying to make the camera be the the 
monster. It's it's right. you know it's like a cheap way to to kind of create some sort of atmosphere and then throw some puppets on the shadow wall or whatever, so they don't always have to be in the movie. And also, you know, there's something to be said about creature features anyway that show too much off the beginning. Right. You, you really shouldn't show too much. You're not yeah, supposed to. Yeah. You know. Like, you're supposed to kind of, like, the more you know about the creature, the more ridiculous it becomes. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why it's a little bit of mystery that they threw in there, I think, is fine. It just didn't, it just, the movie needed more. That's all. So, I don't know. I just think, I think that they were really kind of going for that 50s, 80s style, like the mixture of the two. And this is what they got out of it. So, it's a mixture of the, sort of the best of both worlds in one movie. It's, you know, chock full of odd characters who make odd jokes to give this movie some sort of weird levity that it really didn't need. Uh, There's also some serious parts in the movie, too, that are just like where, like, you know, like this cop is talking to these kids who are dying of leukemia and it's just too much. Like, (laughs) but he's trying to be hopeful around them. And it's almost like it just doesn't come across as genuine at all. (laughs) So it's kind of laughable. We were making jokes about it throughout the whole fucking movie. There's a lot of tropes in here, too. You know, Mm -hmm. like a lot of them and a lot of practical dude in a suit kind of style monsters attacking people. Like I said, they have the camera's perspective ones, too. And there's not really a whole lot of gore. There's some. And it's really kind of like one, maybe two scenes. Mm-hmm. But they do some interesting stuff with the, the creature, gore-wise, than they do. I don't know. There's a lot of, like, practical makeup effects in this. But it's, like, mostly, like, the alien creature bugs or the bugs and their sacks and shit like that. Right. Um, and their little tentacle things. Yeah. Like- and and the, some of the lighting in this movie, which I thought was kind of interesting, was, like, it was always in this blue So, like, hallways would be kind of, the camera would be turned just slightly, so it's, like, turned to 2 o'clock, and it would shine it, they would point the camera down there, and there'd be blue light at the other end, so it would kind of cascade down, Mm -hmm. which is, that was kind of an interesting choice. It's overdone in the movie. Blue is used throughout this whole fucking movie, by the way. Like, you can literally... Yeah, they overdo it. They do do it a lot, but, I mean, it's kind of cool, because it kind of reminded me of Creepshow a little bit in that regard, Mm -hmm. which is done in that kind of style. And I think that's kind of what they were going for. In fact, I feel like this is almost like like a rejected fucking creep show plot mm-hmm. that they turn into a movie. And that's oh. why why you have such a dead space in the middle. Right. That makes sense. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because it is really redundant the, the amount of times that they go back and forth with these characters. Yeah. And they spend so much fucking time like going to this to do that do this yeah you're like what it's like get it on already and then when it finally does it's like eh, it's kind of silly i don't know i still kind of like it though i think there's something about this that's kind of unique and different and it's just such a weird name of a movie and and like i have the vhs which we'll, we'll probably post on the um the the social social media somewhere Mm -hmm. but yeah on the surface, you know, it's super ridiculous, but somehow they navigate through the whole movie to sort of entertain you, despite that lull in the middle. It's not the best movie you've ever seen or the most logical. It's just a fun little eat some pizza with your friends and just watch some ridiculousness on the screen. And if you choose to watch closely or you have pizza and beer, you can enjoy it either way. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. There are quite a few slow spots and it's not always a hundred percent clear what's going on because they just lack the skills to write dialogue in this one. (laughs) But there is a style about it too, that has, like I said, the crazy lighting in the film, 
And you may be wondering, well, how the hell did they come up with the name Blue Monkey? It was going to be called a bunch of different stuff, and we'll get into that in the trivia. But who oh, cares? Okay. Well, like, whatever. It doesn't matter if it's Blue Monkey. It doesn't have to make sense because it is this abomination that was made and oh. probably had no right to be made. And it still got made. And that's the beauty of the 80s to me. Is that this shit gets made. <laughs> yeah, is that this shit is still better than the garbage you normally see, even in the 2000s. Right. Even, in, you know, it's still watchable. Right. That's the difference. Do you ever notice? I could watch these over, you know, the films that they kind of just shit out all over the time. Unless it's really funny. Well, you know, they shit out they shit out movies every time. All no, the but they actually put really a budget did. in these these shitty movies. Yeah, you know, well, they didn't know like, what they were doing. There's a difference between <laughs> like a shitty movie that doesn't have a budget and there's a different a difference of a movie that has no budget and is a shitty movie. You know what I mean? But I feel like this has enough of a budget. You know what I mean? Like it had some money to actually do some crazy shit with it. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of ridiculous for that. So I don't know. I think most people would give this movie probably an average score like you did. But I'm going to give it a six out of ten. Oh, good for I, you. I think that there's some stuff in it that is above average in some regards. It is all over the place dialogue wise. It is all over the place tonally, but I still will pop this on and think fondly of it in some regards. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'll watch this again and I'm so glad I got it in 1080p. Holy shit. It looks so much better than the fucking VHS copy I got, which is nice. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think it's 88 films that did the uh, Blu-ray copy and it's called Insect, which right. is one of the other names. God, it's like, why? <laughs> There's like five names. Well, the blue monkey doesn't really... Well, well I can tell you right now if you want. Well, I already know because it was in the movie. Yeah, the kid talks about a dream he had, which is like, just like garbage fodder right. dialogue that you're not even going to pay attention to anyway. Right. And he talks about a dream where these something or whatever happened and he calls the creature a blue monkey. Well, at the, at the time, they were kind of, there was another name for it. He called it a green monkey. Mm -hmm. in the dialogue and at the time they were thinking that aids was transmitted through green monkeys oh my god which were real right. like that they're called green monkeys mm -hmm. and so they didn't want to fucking use it in their movie to like right during the aids epidemic and did you catch it too when they were down in the tunnels the kids when they went down in the tunnels and the little girl said i hope we don't find any blue monkeys down here well, the boy says it Oh, I thought the girl said it. No, it's the boy. Oh, I thought it was a girl. He's okay. like, is that a blue monkey or something like that? Oh, I heard her say, I Maybe. hope you don't see any blue monkeys down here. I wrote it down. But right. Yeah. But that's. And I was like, it's, oh. It's all based on that one kid with the red hat, right. Jimmy, or whatever the fuck his name the, is. The kid with leukemia. Yeah. He is the one that has these dreams. And so that's why they don't think of it. They think it's just this monster that he made up in his head. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah. I mean, that's how I feel about it. I mean, I could still watch both of these movies that we've talked about. Mm -hmm. No problem. They're nothing special. They're just, you know, it's different and weird and schlocky and, and weird cinema for the sake of weird cinema. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you that these were way better than our last offering last week. Oh, yeah, I agree. So it was 100% better. It was hard to kind of rate these because like I didn't want to go too high. Cause... Yeah, because I was like so thankful that <laughs> we actually watched movies that I could actually watch. It, it, there's a huge difference between a 4.5 or a 4 and like 6. Yeah, 6. Yeah, you can tell that there's a difference. So. Yeah, this, this surf Nazis must die, Jesus. Um. Well, I mean, you know, to each their own. If you like it, you like it. You can't help it. Right. 
So, but we do have some trivia on this, not a whole lot. And of course you can watch this on YouTube. Although I heard it from one of our listeners, Ryan shout out, uh, that, uh, there is the YouTube version is an HD version, but there is a minor spot in the film where the dialogue is five seconds off for for like just a couple seconds. Mm -hmm. So you're fine. It fixes itself. It corrects itself, but you can watch a copy up on there. Otherwise check out 88 films. I would highly recommend you support these kind of people who keep these films alive. I'll, I'll put a link down. I, I, I wish I would have checked the fucking box before I brought before we came in here. I don't know why. <laughs> there was no extras in the movie. I got it for like $20 at a used thing for my birthday, remember? Right. And we haven't watched it since last year. Right. Well, there's a whole fucking shelf full of movies we haven't watched. Since oh, I know. Them. But that's why, you know, I'm trying to get these get through these and right. like, you know, watch some stuff. Like we wanted to watch Dark Man and we got that when I started the podcast. Mm-hmm. And we've not watched them. And now they're up on Shutter, so we're going to do that in the in the future. <laughs> anyway, if you don't want anything spoiled for this movie, you can watch it online or pick it up for yourself. But here's your warning: trivia. So there was uh, it was part of a, a three picture deal. Sandy Howard, the fake name <laughs> for uh, three pictures. Yeah, William Fruitt. It was three picture deal between William Fruitt and RCA Col- Columbia. The other films were Dark Tower and Nightstick. Which I have Dark Tower. Okay. Uh, I think it's Night Shift. I know, like Night Stick. I don't know. I can't remember. But anyway, the movie received a 30% tax benefit because it was shot in Canada, in Toronto, with Canadian talent. Which they used to do that a lot more than they do now. They've, oh, the, they've right. cut back on that a lot lately. The government must have bounced out. That's probably why. We and we don't even hardly do that here in the United States. Oh, we do, you don't do anything. Yeah, they don't give a shit. Even though we're the fucking supposed mecca of the world. Anyway, so Steve Railsback, who was the guy who played Billy Owens in Deadly Games that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, he stated that this is one of his most embarrassing roles, and he is so embarrassed by his involvement in this movie. <laughs> so how's that for a fucking, you know, a quote? <laughs> did he, did he, he said that on the special features? <laughs> like, I don't know where he said it, but it just it just said that he was very embarrassed to be a part of this film. And I mean, I would be a little bit more embarrassed of Deadly Games in some regards. Right. Because of that whole fucking montage scene. Yeah. Which is so fucking ridiculous. Oh, my God. Um, but hey, you know, I thought he did a pretty competent role in here. He acted it to the best of his abilities. The movie isn't exactly, you know, this isn't fucking Emmy award winning. But if all you're ever willing to do is Emmy award winning fucking roles, then I guess right. that's that's do all you, you watch. Do you think it was something I didn't mention? The uh, this whole hospital, it was like ran by the women. There were women doctors. There were like it was like ran by the women. Did you notice that? I mean, maybe that's why he was embarrassed. Yeah, he hates <laughs> women and he beats them. Yeah, let's start a rumor. When, yeah, uh, yeah, let's get well, up. We're not gonna fucking make <laughs> shit up, Christina. <laughs> You're trying to find something that there ain't. I need to find something controversial. Yeah, let's get all woke about it. <laughs> They're like, click, I'm done with this podcast. <laughs> it's like, calm down, everybody. It's every, Everything's okay. Anyway, moving on to this Blue Monkey movie. So Blue Monkey. <laughs> yes. uh, no, Blue Monkey. Um, it's one of those movies that's weird because like, I have the VHS and I've always remembered it fondly. I remember being so proud that I found it on the shelf because the cover looks like something that of like, 
a fifties movie, like a fifties movie, yeah. yeah. Like, like I a said, science fiction fifties movie. It really is. It's like that. It's got that vibe about it, but they updated it for the eighties. Right. It really does feel that way. Um, <laughs> the beginning of the movie is really funny and kind of cute. You know, I love that. There was the Marwella, and then the Fred guy comes in to fix her garden, and she's like putting on the music for her garden, and and he's like, "Oh, what's this one? This one seems like it's sick." And he and she touch he touches it, and he's like, "Oh, it pricked me." And she's like, "Well, there's no prickers on that one." And he's like, "Oh, that's okay." And she's like, "Are you sure you're all right?" He said, "Yep." And here's the bill, and uh, there's a special discount for you if you'll allow me to take you to dinner tomorrow night. Ugh. And she's like, well, you drive a hard bargain, Mr. Fred. <laughs> He's like, that's not the only thing I'm going to be driving. Oh, my God, stop. And they started fucking right there in the garden. Yeah, it was like the they called it. The old woman and the seven-year-old Marwella and Fred create the world. The fuck? And then he's skeeting. Stop. <laughs> anyway, so he collapses outside from the bite. After this really sweet kind of like exchange. And like, I hope that, you know, like if I die and you're alone, you find somebody like that one day. You know what I mean? No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I don't know. I don't wouldn't want you to be alone forever. You know I'm okay. I mean? I'm okay with alone. I'm fine. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Anyway, so then immediately he goes to the hospital. He's like, has a white turd come out of his mouth, which I thought was really funny. I thought it was an eyeball. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, his, his neck starts his bubbling neck, up. Yeah, his neck swells up. It's pretty then, cool. Yeah. And, and then it's like the, the this white turd squirts out of his mouth. His tentacle eye. <laughs> the cop. There's like a cop there, too. Who's, his his partner partner's got been shot. shot. Yeah. So they like have everybody that's supposed to be there, like happenstance being there for the specific movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, they think it's a parasite, but they aren't sure pretty much, you know, what the fuck it is. So they're like trying to study it and they have this really insanely overdone like experimental wing in this hospital it's for a laser for a laser that like separates molecules or something like that well you know because technology was so big in the 80s like it like there is no hospital that would have that kind of funding at all like that was like a facility you know what i mean like there ain't no place in the hospital that would have facilitated (laughs) that they're like building cern like yeah exactly that's what i'm talking about tunnels of the old asylum because that's what the hospital used to be isn't cern like three miles wide like like it's like a ring yeah it's like underground so that they can collide the particles the hydron collider right and and change timelines yeah yeah that's what that's what happened to uh the berenstain bears yeah that's right that's right so fuck you cern i'm just kidding (laughs) no don't 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 do it because we Uh, i know people start believing everything just starts getting fucked up every time you bring it up things just get (laughs) fucked up okay just stop but I just thought it was funny that they have, like you said, CERN in the basement <laughs> of, of this fucking podunk hospital. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay. And it's like they show off these lasers. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder if they're going to use those lasers later. Huh? 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 Um. <laughs> uh, there was like this really funny exchange with Marwella because she stayed at the hospital because they were like other people started getting infected and they were like thinking she was going to be next. So they kept her separated in an isolated place for, you know, COVID. Quarant- yeah, quarantine. Yeah, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> for the C-bomb. <laughs> they sure didn't quarantine that yeah, well. Some Jesus. blind woman fucking found her way in there like and starts getting drunk with her. 
Like, what the fuck? But then that turns out to be... The, the cure. The <laughs> cure is that your blood gets so alcohol content that it can't get infected by the fucking blue monkey. Which is how we never got infected. With the sea bomb? Yeah, with the sea, you know. Cause Just don't want to get kicked off the podcast or, you know. We were drinking the whole time. But anyway. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. There was this one scene where the one, the old guy, he starts flatlining, right? He, you know, he starts flatlining and they take the paddles to, you know, get his heart, his heart, you know, beating again. Oh, yeah. And, and they, he, they, she threw the paddles on it and he just exploded. I thought it was going to, his chest was going to open up like the thing. Right. And, and like then chew off in. her hands. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was But I, cool. I think that was their, uh, like, nod to, to the thing to in the a way. Thing. Because, like, it did spray everybody and that was really funny. We, yeah, we it laughed. Funny. It was way too much. <laughs> But it was perfect because their look on their face was so great. <laughs> They're like, oh. Um, and the other funny thing was, is like, for some reason, and they never go to explain this, by the way, when they're cutting open the white turd because they realize that it's like a sarcophagus or like a, you know, like it's 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 one of the evolutionary stages, like a butterfly, you know, mm-hmm. cocoon or whatever. Like a parasite. Yeah. So they cut it open and all this green shit comes out and sparks shoot out of it. And she's like, I've never seen an insect do that before. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Nothing sparks in nature like that other than eels. Is it an eel? I don't know. It looked like somebody like took a bunch of holes from the donuts and like glued them together and then sprayed them with like like a coating of fucking like icing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the worm looked like. Mm-hmm. But did you notice the his blood was like it looked like strawberry shortcake? Mm-hmm. Because it was like syrup, yeah. It was like whipped cream and red shit, like mm-hmm. inside the tube. And I'm like, and then when they go to shock him, the blood sprays all over him, and it's just red. Right. I'm like, wouldn't it be like whipped blood, cream like, all over them? Well, yeah. I don't, wouldn't his chest popped open? And it would have been like pink. It'd been pus and shit. <laughs> and it's funny too because like there's this whole disease control center place, and it's and they're like looking over the sample, and they're like, we're gonna lock it down to stage four. Like, stage four lockdown. <laughs> and it's like, they're like, what? What? Uh, stage four. I was like, oh, my God, the cricket apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> then there's like a bunch of like uh, kids that are like trying to find, they like find the bug. They put it in this glass thing, right? And one of the nurses is supposed to, she's like told to watch it. She's like, you better not keep your, don't keep your, let your eyes off this thing. Don't you ever, you know, we got to keep our eyes on it. And she gets, you know, wooed by the fucking doctor who's got like a joint. And he's like, hey, man, you want to go outside and smoke and let your mind off it for five minutes? I'm sure it'll be fine. And of course it's not because the kids come in and decide to pour NAC-5 on it, Mr. Yuck unapproved, and it turns the cricket into a fucking giant monster that's laying hundreds of eggs that will take over the country in a month. Hundred million fucking parasitic fucking monsters crawling all over the place. Like that Wicked Moon episode that we did where we created a a movie where man bites back because it's about a werewolf who's like a cop. Uh-huh. And he later on, like there's like crickets that on Earth because there's an earthquake mm-hmm. and they come up out of the ground and start attacking people. And he's the only one to save the day oh. from the cricket apocalypse. And they're like <laughs> praying mantis like things that are all white. Uh huh. That's pretty cool. I don't know. Anyway, I was just talking about it to somebody. I think it was Ryan. Anyway, but they uh they hire an epidemiologist. This is where I wrote epidemiologist, by the way, Ent- entomologist Doc Jacobs 
to come look at the bug who's got like insects everywhere in his place. And they have this like other guy come to pick him up. And the guy's like freaked out because there's like spiders and crickets and all this other shit. And he sees like a cricket on his lapel and he's like, ah, and he wipes it off. And then the guy, Doc Jacobs, is like reaching in the refrigerator for stuff. And there's just like science equipment in there and like also his lemonade with like no top on it. It's like open lid lemonade. He's like, oh, would you like some fresh lemonade? And he's like, uh, no. Yeah, no. No. Uh, no, I'm good. We got to get going. We got to get going. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. There was a really cool scene, though, where the, like the maintenance guy goes into the basement and there was like these sacks with people in them, and they just did the like shadow puppeting of people inside going, right? Because it keeps you alive. There's like a male and a female fucking like cricket, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the and the and the female one is like really small, but it lays a bunch of million eggs that grow up to be cowboys. And <laughs> mm-hmm. Mama, don't let your crickets grow up to be cowboys. Okay. You never heard that song? No. Oh, okay. Mama don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyway, I thought it was funny, but anyway. Fine. Whatever. Moving on. That's cool. Anyway. <laughs> so But it, it's just funny to me because like the the little one is the is the this the queen. Usually it's the other way around, right? Mm-hmm. Like the bigger one is like the queen and then the worker ants and the worker whatever are the fighters, right? The warrior ants. Well, the big blue fucking disgusting monster cricket is like in there and he like you finally get to see his claws when the maintenance guy is down there and he, you know, he picks him up and turns him into this green mush like something out of fucking Troll 2. I don't even know why, but it's just weird. Mm-hmm. That's when they decided that they burned down Marwella's garden. <laughs> poor, bar- poor, her poor, poor garden. Oh, yeah. She's too drunk to care anyway in this movie. Well, you know, they have to save the world. So. Worst acting of drunk ever, by the way, by two old ladies. Mm-hmm. It, <laughs> I don't know why, but those two ladies reminded me of rabid grannies. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, they burn down her fucking garden because they don't want to risk anything. And then they get the, the, the go ahead to trap everybody in the hospital and blow it up if they have to, to, to stop the, the infection because it could take over the, the planet and it could take over the country. And it's a stage four fucking lockdown. And like one guy tries to get out and he tries to run. And it's just some fucking orderly dude who's like, I just want to go get my friends, my mom, my dad. And they're like, stop. Stop! And they shoot him, and it's like, oh, no. <laughs> um, but there's this really funny thing where the head of the, the, the hospital, Roger, he's like, guys, uh, they've already shot somebody. It's really serious. We can't, we can't get out of here. The government thinks it's a global threat, and we can't leave. And the entomologist Jacob suggests burning the shit out of them before the eggs hatch and create more because mm-hmm. he knows how fast they're going to grow. Right spread he's like how long do you think we have before they hatch and he's like not long couple of days and he's like hundreds and he's like yeah and the head guy's like are you out of your fucking minds this building is a hundred years old you start lighting fires and the whole place could go up and i'm thinking to myself like first of all if it's an old building no no it's not right yeah they built those to last yeah they built that shit with way too much fucking stuff mm-hmm. and they got smarter and used less uh as they went right, on right <laughs> But then, and, and the cops like, you can't let those things hatch. And Jacob, the entomologist, looks at the head of the hospital and says, 
You know, the male stings the prey while the queen lays eggs in the host. So they're there to feed on them when they wake up and hatch. You could be alive through the whole process. In fact, those people downstairs now are still alive. He's like, they could literally live for weeks off of their bodies. And he's like, and the head of the hospital's like, well, there are some butane torches in storage. Like how quick he turns around, like <laughs> from how dare you burn down my fucking hospital to that. You know what I mean? Right. He's like, uh, he's, he's supposed to be the like, you know, the Jaws guy, you know, let everybody swim. Right. You know, in the hospital, let everybody run. I don't want to get in trouble for this. Don't let the, you know. Don't tell anybody. Don't sweep tell the it center under, disease control. Sweep it under the rug. Right. Like, he's that guy, like, in Piranha and fucking Jaws. and Yeah, tropey. I thought that was really funny. That was really fucking hilarious to me. They go downstairs and they burn the shit. And this is where this is where everything takes a really long time because they devise a plan, right, to go down. And they realize that there's a male and a female and they got to kill. They got to get the male away so they can study it so they can understand why the disease spreads and then killing the, the, the female and all the eggs so it doesn't spread further. But they have to keep the male alive in order to fucking save the, the, the hospital and let them out of their fucking let everybody out. They end up killing the fucking goddamn thing anyway, but then they accidentally stumble upon the fact that these old biddies are fucking drunk as shit and they've not been infected. Sure's like, how are you so healthy? You're drunk as a skunk. That's what it is. Right. You can't get infected because your body won't allow the, the toxins to get in with the drunk. I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> That's exactly how she said it, too. It's pretty bad. <laughs> There were some really funny scenes, though, like where the like crickets like running through the fucking hallways and stuff. Some of the kids are like refusing to help the the adults because they want to show them how to help because they want to help out, you know, like a normal kid would. Mm -hmm. But they don't realize how dangerous it is. And I just wanted the kid to get killed. I really did, too. <laughs> just because he they allowed him to just as a lesson to you mm -hmm. to never listen to children when it comes to that shit mm -hmm. because it's dangerous for them. <laughs> <laughs> you just kill him off and that's how you do it you just tear the Let's little and learn yeah he's going anyway so you might as well just take him out oh, right? <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> I, I clearly don't feel that way in real life guys it's a movie okay chill the fuck out but it moves around the hospital really quick busting through a wall and eventually into the baker's room where there there's this couple Who's like the husband is like so concerned about her pregnancy? Oh yeah, the bakers they call them. Kind of weird. <clears throat> this is where he's like, "Oh, we had to show up early. You should be on time, and you're not on time. I don't know why." And she's like, "We don't need to be here, Charles." You know, and it's like this this shtick, this running shtick through the whole fucking movie, and the creature busts through the wall and into that room while she's finally giving birth. Like that's the punchline. Mm -hmm. It's a terrible joke. Terrible. <laughs> but it's ridiculously fun nonetheless. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why they added that in the movie. Again, it's mm -hmm. just weird. They somehow, you know, get to the basement or whatever. When they were in the tunnels, right, and they start burning the insects, and they, they finally get the big one with a laser. Because, mm. you know, we, we finally... Well, they were shooting at it with a regular gun, but the guy was like, you can't shoot it with guns because its skin is just so... It's so thick. Yeah, it's, it's like... It's so thick, so we need a laser. It's like tank armor. Isn't that what he said or something? Right. And they're shooting a laser. He's like, shoot it in the eyes! Shoot it in the eyes! <laughs> and it goes fucking nuts when he does. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like wrecking, like, 
screeching and fucking jumping and thriving, you know, frothing about. I thought it was so funny at the end when all that happened because they were so worried about pe- keeping the people quarantined and all that. They they shot people. They killed people who tried to escape. <laughs> and then that happened and everything was fine. Yeah. Yeah. They, they Okay. Well, I guess that's what happened. Everybody's fine now. Yeah. I know. Everybody's just it's walking like, out the door like, I guess we'll just trust this, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Maybe they had like a like a like a trucker's convoy or something that, <laughs> where they were like, you know, refusing the science or something. I don't know. Like maybe they were. I mean, I hear they work. So, I mean, I guess. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I mean, it is Canada, right? So, I mean, they did have the trucker convoy. It's, just, eh, it's about 30 years too late. Uh, 40 years, maybe. Yeah, 40. No, 34, 35 years. years? Yeah. 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 It was ahead of its time. Well, they didn't do it right. (laughs) Well, I guess we didn't do it right. I love the ending, too, because, like, the other cop lives and he's got his family inside the fucking room. And he's like, he gives him the thank you eyes to his partner. And Jim is the, the cop, you know, who's coincidentally now a big exterminator as well. And uh, one of the kids is like, are you leaving? And he's like, well, hell no. I'll see you again. We're best friends forever. Yeah, I'm your new best friend. And best friends spend a lot of time together. So we'll be seeing a lot of each other. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is getting creepy. <laughs> like, this is the scariest part of the film so far. You know what well, I mean? Well, he's saying that because, you know, I know. parents. You they're, know? they're trying to trick the kid into thinking he's going to live. So they're trying to like play that fucking card for him. Horrible. Horrible. I mean, that's what they're doing because it seems fake as shit, doesn't it? Oh, totally. You don't just tell a kid you're going to be his best friend. We're just going to be the best of friends. It's like, calm down, buddy. Anyway. And then like Jacob is excited about the the entomologist or whatever. He's excited about writing his new paper. And she's like, that's going to win me a Nobel Peace Prize and da, 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 da. And then the lady doc finally, after rejecting the officer in the beginning of the movie for, because he asked her out on a date and she's like, yeah, I'm not going to be dating any cops. So don't worry about that. (laughs) And then he asked her out again at the end. He's like, so you want to go out to dinner, catch a bite to eat sometime or something? She's like, yeah. And like that. And then roll credits. Yeah, the end. It wraps it back up. It's like it's like from the beginning to the end, it's connected and this is an amazing. (laughs) Congratulations. You saved the world from the evil cricket. I still like this movie though. I still I don't know. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It's It's just one of those weird like, why did they make this kind of thing? (laughs) You know, but it's also kinda like I'm so glad they did. Mm -hmm. Like it could have been better, but it wasn't that bad, you know? Right. I really enjoyed it. So I hope you guys do, too. And maybe, you know, you have a higher score for it. And I totally admire that. I'm totally cool with that. Uh, you go lower than this, than what I do, and then I hate you. Okay? Just kidding. He judges. <laughs> I, I judge ga- you. You're a gatekeeper. <laughs> I am not the a gatekeeper. The almighty horror movie gatekeeper. No, no. I don't say shit like pure <laughs> no, garbage. He yeah. It's pure garbage. What the fuck were they thinking? Like, I will strap you down like fucking clockwork orange to a fucking television, you piece of shit, and make you watch Howling 4 and 7. And you will like it, and you will know what your real garbage is, okay? <laughs> anyway, I probably worse than that. I could show them so much worse than that. Oh, like anything is better than boring. You know what I mean? Like right. anything is better right. than boring. Right. Shitty acting is better than boring. 
I agree. If you make a movie boring and it's like a chore to sit through, then that is a bad movie. Mm-hmm. So next week, you're going to be watching a couple of, uh, well, a movie that Sam Raimi started and Bradford May finished up the trilogy for. And apparently there's been some movies that came out on like the 12s or like the, the 2010s and the 2020 of Darkman. So we're going to be watching Darkman trilogy. And it's weird. I was like looking through and there's a Darkman from 2012. That's only seven minutes. That's a short. And then there's a Dark Man one and a part two that are not rated that are on on IMDb that are probably some, made by somebody else that admires the 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 whole thing too. But we're watching the original three. They are all on Shutter for you guys to watch in HD. We got the we got the DVD, so I'll probably watch the extras on that, mm-hmm. and then watch the fucking shit on Shutter because I want to watch it in Blu-ray. I know Shout Factory put out Dark Man one, two, and three as well, right? I guess. Yeah, Scream yeah. Factory or whatever. I, I say shout because it's shout, shout, scream, whatever. But yeah, so we're going to be watching those next week. Um, I would love to hear what you guys think about these movies that we talked about today. So if you guys want to check out those films, I know watching three films in a week is going to be a lot. It's going to oh, be a lot yeah, for us. Trust me. Oh, my God. So expect that episode to be a little bit longer. But that's just the way it is, you know? So, but uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys so much for coming by. I hope you enjoyed some of these schlocky, fun little fucking movies. Deadly Friend and also Blue Monkey. Maybe I opened your eyes to some new stuff that you hadn't seen before. Deadly Friend's pretty popular, but Blue Monkey has never been. (laughs) And very many, not many people know of it, but some people love it. Some people hate it. You just never know. So I would love to hear what you guys think in the comment section down below. And uh, as always... You have been listening to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. Tune in every Monday.